0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are The Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for strange things, not stranger things, just strange things in the world, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. What's up, fellas?
1: Do you want to start doing Stranger Things recaps?
0: Coming, what, summer 2028?
1: Well, well, you know, what we, you know, I'm assuming Netflix is going to drop them all at once. That's so right. So we could like watch one episode, record a podcast, watch a second episode, record another podcast. Mhm. That'd be a good way to break up
2: your binge, right? There we go. Is is this like an hourly thing, like watch an episode <laughs> for like an hour and then yeah, like then jump rec- on and then okay, see you here in a bit? <laughs> yeah. You know what we should right. do
0: we should just like turn it on and then just like commentate like mystery science theater 3000 style. You know what I'm saying? it will be great. (laughs) No, no one wants to do that. I'd actually, so (laughs) um, speaking of, this is a great way to start off a Star Trek podcast, by the way. Um, I was telling my wife that, um, you know, with that coming out, uh, I think it's the same day that uh, another star something show comes out as well. And I was like, you know, they're just going to come out with the first five of 11 episodes. So if we do May 27th, June, whatever, basically. So if we do it like if we watch one episode of it a week, then we would basically be watching it as if it were coming out on TV, basically. Because five weeks and then like the next one is when... Volume two of the new wait, season comes out. Wait,
1: Netflix is not dropping the whole season at once?
0: So they're dropping volume one of season four all at once, which is going to be five episodes. And then July something, um, I think that's right, it's going to be, you know, episodes six through 11.
1: That's totally against the Netflix model.
0: Well, there you go. Nobody yeah, likes I hate this. that like
1: either give it to me one at a time <laughs> right like we're doing here yeah. with all this Star Trek stuff or give it to me all at one don't 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 give me a half measure yeah right you know like
0: ooh, like, I like that music a- reference like, man. Look,
1: look Amazon at you. does this that was actually a breaking bad reference but uh that's beside the point right I'll, t- I'll take like, that Amazon Amazon Prime does this like I remember with the boys season two they're like Here's the first three episodes all at once, and then we're going to do weekly to get us to eight. They did that with The Expanse in season four, five. They were like, here's the first three episodes, and then we're going to do weekly to fill out the next ten. Sure. It's like, I hate that. Don't give me a half <laughs> measure. Give me one at a time, or give me all them at once.
0: Okay. Yeah, but... Yeah, but that's—I mean—that's—that's that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. But it is that.
1: eleven episodes, you said. Mm-hmm. Which is different because there's always been eight for Stranger Things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At least I'm pretty sure it's eleven episodes. But yeah, I mean.
1: And yeah. it starts the same day as Kenobi.
0: Yeah, the other Star Something show. Yeah.
2: Stargate. Oh. You got a new Stargate show coming out? There
0: is a new Stargate show coming out, by the way. Is there really? There really is. Oh, is there. Yeah, for real, <laughs> <laughs> there is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be darned. Man, it's Stargate's
1: early... been off TV for 13, 14 years, something like that. Yeah.
0: Oh, my bad. It's not 11. It's nine episodes. My bad. But still. So, yeah, for May 27th is when um, Volume 1 of, of um, Season 4 comes out. And uh, that's five, the first five episodes. And then July 1st is when um, episodes 6 through 9 of that season come out.
1: I mean, we've already had to wait three year. It's been three years since the la- since season three. And then they're going to give us five episodes and make you wait two months to, to watch the next four? That's dumb. It's a
0: month. They're going to make you wait a month?
1: That's, just, that's dumb. They already made you <laughs> wait three. They already made you wait three years.
0: Oh, Good to have y'all back. How have y'all been doing? I'm
1: coming in hot right now. <laughs> yeah, you are. Hot take, baby. Hot take.
0: <laughs> I think he asked a question. I did. Wait, did he? Yeah.
1: <laughs> what did he ask?
2: I don't know. I barely pay attention to the captain anymore. It's just a free-for-all over here.
0: I will see myself out. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Kyle, can you get the the transporter pad ready for me, please? I am out of here. I am out of here. No, I was just asking how y'all been doing, man. You know, like what I ask you, you know, every week when we do this.
1: Same thing we do every night, Brain Pinky.
0: Try and take, take over the over world.
1: The world. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, it was a boring week. You know, not much going on.
2: Yeah, pretty pretty similar. Just a lot of work related system issues and people crying about mm-hmm. said system issues and
0: mm-hmm.
2: having to deal with crying about said system issues so yeah it, it just a work week that's nothing awesome. exciting
0: that's awesome yeah um so y'all we got fiber internet up in here and i am one happy fella i think i don't know if i mentioned that on uh when we did our last episode or not but man we got like finally like fully installed and it like y'all y'all some the the folks in listener land like don't know this like david might be able to appreciate this like because he uploads videos or i'm sorry yeah well videos and episodes for his podcast but like sometimes it just takes forever to upload to the server to like get get out to like all y'all's ears and everything and like it was taken like sometimes like three four plus minutes to like you know process and upload or whatever and man I just I literally blink twice and it's uploaded like I'm just so happy with with fiber internet now so um,
1: that was like when I used to send you my audio file for this This is inside podcasting right <laughs> mm-hmm. it used to take like an hour to, uh, to upload it to you I remember and, this I don't know now I moved <laughs> Like taxless internet, it takes like a minute and it's there.
0: I, I guess. <laughs> yes, like we after we hit end, you know, like we're done, like actually sharing our thoughts about whatevs. Like we we have like a post show chit chat most of the time, and I think before we even hang up from that, it's already in Dropbox.
2: Yeah, it used yeah, to t- but it used to take like an hour.
0: Yeah, or sometimes overnight, depending. <laughs>
2: you fancy Texans with your fancy fiber internet. That's right. Take that. and I I will censor myself for the rest Mm. of those
0: words.
2: (laughs) 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 We have pretty decent internet here, but like every now and again, it drags like I'm convinced I need a new, you know, box. Mm -hmm. And this is a really boring story, but one day I went and got one, but realized it was only a router and not a, router with wireless so Ooh. I had to take it back
0: and Ooh. it was very sad that is very sad it's very sad yeah yeah oh lordy well apart from that um I was I was sharing with Eric like some of my frustrations with um like teaching some stuff uh, but it was um this week we started the summer semester and um this is like my third summer like being involved with teaching this class but now I'm like the lead instructor for it and I've just got some, some characters in my class already, so uh, it's gonna be a fun eight weeks uh, getting through this, but, um, but I'm, I'm confident it'll go by fast, so I think by the time we get to the end of the semester, we'll be at like episode nine, I think, of Strange New Worlds, so I'm looking forward to that, I think, <laughs> anyway, 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 that's all I got. I know I feel like we're contractually obligated to talk like another like five or ten minutes, but I don't know, quick. Chicken nuggets are neither chicken nor nuggets. Discuss. What? Chickens
1: don't chickens don't have nuggets.
2: Ooh. Oh, you you're you're just not looking in the
0: right places. <laughs> oh shoot. Oh, man. This is a family show, folks. <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man. Well, that's, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Um, anything else for for the good of whatever, getting it out there? No? No? No one? Nothing? Uh-huh. Uh,
2: okay. that, I, I think we're probably ready to get into an actual episode of Star Trek.
0: What? Okay. You heard it here, folks. Let's talk Trek. So if this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. We're going into spoiler-rific characters. So this is your red alert. Red alarm. As we go into um, our discussion of *Strange New World*, season one, episode two, *Children of the Eric, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have this this first part because I know that this th- like the bookend. There was a bookend to this, so I'm gonna let you have the front end of this, like just how this started out, man. Like, please tell me you were smiling when Cadet Uhura did a cadet log
1: yeah it's it. you know star trek episodes are supposed to start captain's log date, whatever 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 the enterprise is on a mission to wherever to do something like that's how that's how star trek starts like i don't care right um and like it's such a simple thing to do like why can't discovery do The you know captain's log michael burnham stardate whatever 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 the discovery is you know doing this why does it have to be some voiceover that's n- they do voiceovers why can't the voiceover be a captain's log it's like, it like, like come
2: on Cap- <laughs> captain burnham's log Another day of ignoring my crew and allowing no uh, no character building has commenced. End of captain's log.
1: No, but like like this is this this, you know, the Michael Pillar is responsible for this. Way back in the day, I'm pretty sure it's him for introducing the idea of like following the ensemble, right? Not sure. just being like Captain Kirk is the main character, right? You know, there are a few Spock centric episodes, right? But that but really like there's no real Scotty centric episode. There's no real Bones centric episode. There's definitely no Uhura centric episode in the original series. Right.
0: They get to shine, so, but it's not cent- yeah, central are to m- them. Yeah. There
1: are moments where they they, ha- they are episodes where they have their moments. But like it was really like season 3 when Michael Piller came on of next generation we started to do this like different characters get their own like episodes, mm-hmm. and it's very refreshing to see that here rather than just you know Star Trek Burnham
0: yes <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying, yeah, I get what you're saying,
1: and you know, like there's something to be said for for starting you know your your different character perspectives with the bright the bright-eyed person right like the the young one who doesn't really know anything who everything's still new and everything's still exciting right but rather than like hey let's do episode two with miss grumpy pants um <laughs> security officer <laughs> sung over there yeah. sing yeah. over there <laughs> or chief engineer grumpy pants <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> you know? like i really like you know i i, I probably would have preferred a like a number one centric episode first but i like the idea of of you know, getting the person who's not jaded. Everything's still new, and mm. it's supposed to be exciting. We're in an era where things are still new, and we're still exploring. Right. And, I mean, and it was just fun. It it reminded me of like I think it's the second episode of Enterprise, is a Hoshi centric episode, yes, or it, it's not yes. necessarily a Hoshi centric episode, but it it revolves around like her like questioning herself like does she belong you know out in space (sighs) right and so that kind of reminds me of that here
0: yeah yeah with uh I, i was thinking the same thing that you know with with hoshi she had like that apprehension of remaining of even like wanting to be there like she wanted to like stay back in what was it brazil and and teach uh linguistics like teach language you know, to her students there at the, at the university. And it was through, you know, having that away mission that it gave her, you know, a new kind of lease on life, a new uh, confidence in her role on the ship of like this belonging. And I was totally getting that with what they were doing with Uhura uh, in this. I mean, like we know Uhura's going to like stay around. She's going to be on the freaking enterprise till she dies. Pretty much. We know that. But it was just, it was just so cool, just seeing her as a cadet, um, and kind of being hazed a little bit uh, here in the beginning. That was that was kind of fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing that I, I do want to kind of just add here before we get into the the, the meat of the episode. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but maybe I, I've become a little shell shocked by by a lot of the star trek we've been watching. I just keep waiting for like the downturn. I'm like, uh, okay, there, there's a log. Uh, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, uh okay, we're we're meeting people. Yep, this this is fine. This is this is oh, th- there's a there's a meeting room. Uh, that's that's pretty pretty neat. Uh when when are we going to turn this all around? Uh are we staying this path? Uh looks like we are. So
0: Wait, are, might take me doing? a little
2: bit of. Might take me a little while to sort of get back into it because, like, I I think uh, you know, Eric, you're pointing out the the sort of more um, character-centric episodes. It's something that I've always enjoyed because, genuinely, I do kind of want to get to know these people better. Like, I kind of want to know why I should care about them, you know. And I I think in the original series. It, it was great that they had shining moments and everything. Um, and I have no real issue with that. but it, it, it was it is nice to see individual motivations, you know, maybe share a little bit of their their actual personal life, but, but really figuring out their, their personalities. Because as, as you guys know, like if you walk into a room full of people that you're supposed to interact with, the first thing that you're automatically drawn to is like personalities mm-hmm. and then you find common interests and, and then maybe you, you start venturing around and figuring out what other people are, are all about but at first you kind of start with something you're somewhat familiar with and if we can't ever get familiar with any of these characters, how the hell am I supposed to care about them long term? So I, I I actually like really like the premise of the episode and but to, also to Eric's point, I would really like to have a number one story. I, I'm actually kind of itching for that a little bit. So maybe maybe that'll be you know I mean, next up or something like that.
0: I mean I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get something you know. Um, and I don't want to say it was number one centric, but like kind of the the series premiere was kind of focused on her you know with being. I'm guessing in command of the Archer and like what happened with that and how like that away mission, that first contact mission kind of went South. I don't know, but yeah, like I want to see, I want to see something, but I don't, I don't want to like, you know, poo poo all over, you know, what, what we got with this. Cause this, we got, we got some really good stuff like this week and last week uh, so far um, for all the Star Trek online folks out there. We we basically got to see the Odyssey uniform become the formal uniform that um, Uhura was wearing at the top of the episode. So if you've never played Star Trek Online, the uniform that you you start with looked exactly like what she was wearing. So that that was pretty cool to see. That was pretty cool, and I want that uniform. That's a that's Hello. a cool cool that's cadet cool. uniform. That's cool. I, I, yeah. I
1: gotta say, when we finally get to Pike's um, Captain Pike's. I guess they're his quarters, right? Mm-hmm. Like we did Isn't this a nice? lot on we get this we did this a lot on D space nine, where like the whole like senior staff would gather in Cisco's you know quarters for he would cook them gumbo or jambalaya or, or something, right? So you know we've done this before, and I guess Archer did this. He would he would have food with trip and to paul and he invited malcolm the one time and it was really awkward
0: <laughs> boy was that awkward <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but you know this like but god dang these things we mentioned this last week this is massive
0: it's like a whole deck <laughs> yeah. by itself it is
1: like it is like a penthouse like david's like <laughs> you're having like a, a cocktail party at your penthouse
2: i'm like jeez
0: yeah it's made yeah. for entertaining
2: he, he yeah. would have been an excellent 70s dad with his little mini bar and everything
0: <laughs> that's true um, so yeah with with all this like you know Uhura she's she's given her, her cadet log and everything and she's talking about how she's like you know basically going off to, to have dinner with the captain and a handful of others and um, along the way, Ortegas is, is has told her. By the way, like you need to dress up real nice because you're you're having dinner with the captain, and she's in like sweats for crying out loud, which is great. Um, that was funny. And then, just like how she's greeted and how like the whole exchange is like kind of taking place, like it's just so friendly and warm. Like there's just a genuineness that's really there. It doesn't feel forced. At all, like it just—it feels so real and genuine. Like as an audience member, kind of like going into that and and watching this exchange take place, and then the awkwardness, of course, that happens. Um, you know, once she meets uh, meets our, our engineer, the um, the Anar, who's just giving her even more of a, um, a hard time, which I Mr. love. Mr.
1: Grumpy Pants over here. Oh my here. goodness! Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> like. <laughs> What I mean I get it. He's probably had that conversation, like he said, hundreds if not thousands of times, right? Mm-hmm. And I can understand that that is annoying. But Jesus, she's
2: just a cadet. She doesn't know any better. <laughs> yeah. the The only thing I'll will say to that, and and not to get like too in the weeds about it, but h- historically, because we see this with Jordy, who is obviously blind. Uh, we have these technological attempts to fix it, where with the Enar, it's not really, that's not what they're going to do, and we, we only had a little bit of a, a limited scope and enterprise with them, but it's more a part of them than anything else. It's not an impairment, as was the word given by Uhura, but, like, you know, the typical kind of thing here is, like, hey, how can we fix this? You know what I mean? Which is great, in some cases, mm-hmm. depending on what it is. But yeah, I mean, she's so bright eyed and, and ready to help and and full of full of that early Starfleet and enthusiasm and everything. Uh, and then you kind of stick
0: your foot in your mouth, which is also pretty classic
2: as well. So,
0: right. I was I was thinking, you know, um, look, I know that they're not the right species, but I swear this is like the spiritual love child of freaking Odo and jordi LaForge this Hemmer character. I'm just saying.
1: (laughs) 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 Uh, That's
0: right. Yeah, I said it. I said it. It's there. So, yeah, man, like, we're just, like, there's, like, ribs, like, you know, freaking Pike is, like, marinating ribs, like, man, I felt like I was, like, at, like, the freaking Rohirrim gathering for Pete's sake, like, just, like, everyone there just, like, talking it up, and, like, the captain's just there, just, like, kind of. Doing his thing and then of course like we get to have like some lovely conversations, some joking and
1: what do you, you want to this... be when you grow up?
0: Um, I wanna be a firefighter.
1: No, but like okay, like <laughs> I like I, I I don't have a problem with the captain asking like a cadet that, like, where do you see yourself in ten years Oh, and then he's like, wait, 10 years, that's the time. But he's like, okay, where do you see yourself? And she's like, I don't know if I'm really Starfleet. I, and then she goes into this tragic backstory about how, like, she lost her parents. And I'm just, I'm at this point where, like, why do all of our characters have to have tragic backstories? Like, here is, Uhuras has a tragic backstory. Like, La'anunian sunk sing from last week they told us she has some tragic backstory michael burnham had a tragic backstory right why do all of our characters have to come from these tragic backstories picard his mother committed suicide when he was a kid tragic backstory like like what is like our fascination with that at this moment like why why can't we you know what my parents were great they loved me i grew up with them like, we just read the autobiography of Janeway, and Janeway's dad died. Okay. Like, I mean, like, why can't it just be I had a happy child life? You know, my parents supported me. I went off to Starfleet. Yeah. You know, maybe that's what I want to do. Maybe it's not. But here I am, and I'm trying to make
2: the best of it. Happy. So, Chase, uh, r- remind me again, because we, we did read the Ahura-centric book, mm-hmm. and her brother was still alive. In that book, yeah, and mother was still alive.
0: Uh, that's a question mark. I don't remember that part. Yeah, but I was, but I was thinking of, there were things about the Living Memory book that I was thinking Living about. Memory, there you go. Yeah, um, and I'll just go there since you brought up the book. Um, part of what I'm wondering is since we have a young Uhura. In recognizing that Living Memory is not canon, but I'm going to go there. Um, I'm wondering if we're going to see this love interest that we read about in Living Memory making an appearance at all at some point in Strange New Worlds. You know what I'm talking about?
2: Yeah, she, with, with the with, uh, with the guy who was uh, helping with her work.
0: Yeah, and like they had known each other for quite some time, and they were in love with each other. I think like they were on the verge of like what engagement or, or something. Mm,
2: mm, mm. Well, she lo- and then she lost her memory and they
0: lost that's touch. right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, of Nomad. Like, yeah, so but like we're, we're, I mean, that's Nomad is at least you know 10, 12 years from, from where we are now in Strange New Worlds. You're supposed
2: to choke up a little bit more though. 10
0: my bad years.
2: <laughs> Poor Pike. Dude, I feel for this guy. And this is another thing. Like, just Pike's development, too, on the side of the Ahura story, mm-hmm. I really enjoy, like, a lot. Because, yeah. I mean, again, I mean, we talked about it before, so I won't go too into it. But, like, just facing down your own mortality is a super heavy thing. Mm hmm. So.
1: Yeah, but, like, he goes from last episode. You know, I'm not sure I should be in command of this ship. To like, right before we go to to the credits, he's like, "Man, I love this job." Like, that was fast.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. L- I want to talk about bre- I want to talk about breakfast and loving this job. Okay. So, after I-, I mean, I don't want to like. Okay, first off, like the dinner, the whole dinner thing, the conversation was absolutely lovely. I j- I love that that entire series of stuff that we saw there fantastic i i don't want to completely ignore it but we got to keep moving because like it's more than just dinner and a conversation um there's a comet that we catch wind of that's going to potentially destroy a planet is is what we're what we're thinking it's projected to you know if things keep going the way they are it's going to crash and we're going to have like armageddon style Uh, computer play armageddon music there we go. So yeah, I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to miss a thing. You know, I want to see what's gonna happen with this comet, right? And um, it's it's this way, 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 way pre warp civilization. So they're just kind of like, I think they can They're they're essentially saying that they like worship this like comet thing is like a deity or something. Is that I what it was?
1: Didn't, I didn't. I don't think that but all. well
0: if okay if not if not that like oh well okay they're they they're constantly observing it like this is persephone 3 which by the way uh we went to another persephone planet in next gen persephone 5 in too short a season um so that was admiral what jameson right
1: yeah yeah.
0: Yeah, so we're we're orbiting Persephone Five, or at least we're on our way to Persephone Five. So this is Persephone Three. So it's part of the same star system, from what we know. Um, man, that's a lot. That's a lot of development. Anyway, anyway. Um, so yeah, we got to figure out like we we like we can't interfere. We can't like actually go down there and say, hey, watch out. So we have to kind of figure out. We have to science our way. And I love this, and I know Eric loved this, and I'm willing to bet David loved this too. Okay, give me some give me some options. What do you think? What's going on? Let's let's hear from the bridge crew on like how we're going to handle this and of course we have a plan that comes together. Let's do it. Come on people, hurry up. We got we got to save this world before breakfast or something like that. I love that line. Love that line. And then I love this job.
1: No, and it's it, refreshing to see our captain like ask for suggestions, thoughts and not just like you know, here's what we should do. Go do it. Mm-hmm.
0: I just—it
2: yeah, it, it winds up going into you know the just the the, the classic kind of uh, e- equation that we've had, because the captain generally won't know everything. Everybody has a specialty. Everybody has their own, you know, strength in there, which we also tackle a bit with Uhura later. When you know you're the linguistics expert, like why are you asking me? Because you're the linguistics expert. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but but no, the, the going back sort of around the room and coming up
0: with a plan was was great. Very, very, very refreshing. And then... They shoot uh, the
1: torpedoes and it... Wait,
0: like, what? What kind of an asteroid has a force field? <laughs> back the truck up. What's going on, y'all? And uh, And then we have to, like, regroup and kind of... Like we we sit around a table and talk, which Double I know doubt. Eric loves.
1: Back in the conference rooms, we got the staff. We got Sam Kirk here because he's the Xeno uh, biologist guy. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, we learn there's a structure underneath the surface of this comet. Like, there's nobody on it. We can't detect any life signs. We've hailed it. No one's responding. But there's a structure there. And mm-hmm. so hey let's go check it out and we're gonna send Spock who's our chief science officer makes sense Kirk who's our xeno xeno anthropologist okay that makes sense okay we're gonna send a security officer that makes sense right although she doesn't have anything to do she'd just be grumpy and it's the (laughs) rotation it's you know your rotation your first landing party let's send your Uhura you know whatever the mission was you were gonna go on this one Mm-hmm. So, we got an away team, right? mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. the captain right no no captain on this away team
0: no, we don't no, and uh, it's like surely like maybe we can like get down there and shut the thing off and whatnot so like that becomes like like I guess the a plot right the is like to power down air quotes like to kind of like um back door into the comet to be able to lower its shield so we can do like some booster things and put it on a different trajectory essentially like that's like yeah. the general idea right
2: i just want to add one real quick thing here because you mentioned this whole idea of a plots right mm-hmm. so we talked a lot especially in in discovery about a plot b plot minor c plot major d plot oh a big old f plot you know what i mean One thing that I do like about this is it's not so much about stacking a whole bunch of different plots on one after another, whereas, you know, you're in quotations, a plot is the central theme, and then you just have, like, little pieces of, like, pike development and stuff here, so it's it's not like it's just a stack on stack on stack, and I just wanted to say, I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah.
1: There's I mean you call it an A plot and I guess a B but it's really just one plot. Right? It's just it's just yeah, happening it, in two different places.
0: Yeah, I mean like it the thing that's really driving it, that's driving everything is the comet. Right? I mean so like yeah, if we're gonna if I'm gonna sign like an A versus a B, like A is going to be like a way team on the comet, B team is going to be or B plot, I'm sorry, is Pike and the folks in the other spacecraft which we're going to talk about.
1: Yeah. But <coughs> but yeah, but so yeah it's wanna...
0: it's all working together in tandem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's so cohesive, it's not even funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about something though. Like so we're we're getting ready to go on our way mission and like our security officer here, she is like I call our our chief engineer Grumpy Pants, but she is Grumpy Pants too. Like, she's got no time for this cadet to go on this mission. Like, she is so dismissive of her. It's like, gee, like, what's your problem? And then (laughs) also, like, she acts like she's in charge of this mission. Like, I know, like, last week, you know, when number one was we're going to rescue her, they said, okay, the security officer is filling in as the number one for this mission because they didn't want the science officer to be pulling double duty right. but like what is the command structure of this ship this is something that will have to be worked out it's pike it's number 1 then who's next you know is it law union Singh? is it our chief engineer right is it our science officer like who is that third in command I we have we have to figure this out right because it was you know in the the the, in the original series it was right kirk Spock, and then Scotty, right? That was the order. We'll have to figure that out here because there were a couple times on this mission where, like, our security officer was like, I'm in charge. And Spock kind of gave her a look like, like, you're not in charge here. He was like, I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but there were a couple times when she she said, we've got to do this here, we've got to do this here. And he kind of gave her, like, the side eye, like, I'm in charge of this mission, not you,
0: well, yeah, even even from like a rank perspective, I well, they're think both
2: lieutenants, aren't they?
0: Uh,
2: Spock was referred to as a lieutenant. Yeah, that's right.
0: He is a lieutenant. That's right. But yeah, it,
1: and I don't remember what they called the the chief engineer. I don't remember yeah. what what rank they called him.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to find ranks right now, even as we're talking, and I'm 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 hard pressed to find them.
2: Just real quick here, so. Uh, not not wanting to explain away anything but I think it I think some of this probably relates back to you know the the, the swanky bachelor pad where we where we got kind of a admission of really the only reason why she joined Starfleet was because her grandmother was in Starfleet and she mm-hmm. couldn't go to the academy anymore because it reminded her too much of her parents and she doesn't know if she truly belongs here and I think that you know, when, when you're talking about Singh, who clearly, clearly has a chip on a shoulder, like a m like a, like a, like a Titanic killer block of ice on that shoulder, who probably has had to overcome a lot of her own stuff to get where she is now, more than likely views this cadet coming in who was hailed as a prodigy and like, you know, oh, I know. 36 different languages and all this stuff probably is a little bit of a threat because as Spock points out in the hallway on their way out of the party, he does say there's like, you know, there's thousands of applicants who, who, who go out for this. And maybe you should like, maybe at some point you have to step aside for somebody else who also deserves to be here. And I, and I think maybe that's, that's like, For me, I think that that's good story-driven resentment. You know, kind of cropping up here. It's like, prove yourself, kid. And then eventually you'll get that, maybe, that sort of sign of respect. uh, Possibly when she truly proves herself. Because effectively she's like... I mean, (laughs) I don't want to be this guy, but she's effectively like the Wesley Crusher of this ship. Right Mm -hmm. now. You know what I mean? She's of the crew, but she's not really in the crew fully yet she'll get there and all that good stuff but uh but yeah that's you know that's the only thing I'd kind of you know think about but as far as Spock the thing that I like about Spock here is that instead of like checking this this security officer chief maybe possibly lieutenant or whatever she is um he instead goes about his possibly somewhat misguided attempt at pep talks but he continues to urge on Ahura as yeah. she is doing her thing so that i really like that aspect of spock here um and i the only thing i'd say is it feels a little bit of a contrast between you know this spock and like original series spock you know because there's even a part at the end that we could talk about that's like wait a minute is spock ready for that I I don't know, feels a little off right now. It feels like he needs a little James T. Kirk to urge him in this direction, but anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's a good point. But, like, I I love, like, when we get to the comet, like, Uhura's like, I'm standing on a comet. comet. Like, this is cool, cool. right? I'm not jaded by, like, "Eh, it's just a comet. But then they go inside, and, like, there's this egg thing in the middle of it and they walk up to it and and you know Sam Kirk is like tell me what you think instead of being like listen I'm the lieutenant here I'm I I know my thing he's like he's he's encouraging the cadet he's trying to teach her right instead of it just being like the senior staff doing everything there's like right. real encouragement here and it's like you're the yeah you're the linguistics expert like don't study linguistics and not ask expect somebody to ask you about it. Right. But like but it was all like encouraging and Spock is encouraging here. Everyone is like trying to encourage Uhura because they know she can do it. And even 100%. if they don't know that she can do it, they need her to believe that they think she can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And you learn from doing. You don't learn from watching. I spent a lot of time in the classroom, right? You, over my, the course of my career, like, you don't learn by watching, you learn by doing.
0: Right, right. Yeah, experiential then, activities, like, really are the thing that make the difference to really solidify understanding. It goes from theory to truly application.
1: And then Sam Kirk becomes an idiot and steps on
0: the <laughs> thing. Ooh, yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> I'm going to touch it. <laughs>
1: And then later Spock is like, well, Kirk has already eliminated a place that you, you can't stand. So, like, we know more now than we did before.
2: <laughs> That's science.
0: <laughs> I love the fact that we have, like, a pen light that serves as a defibrillator. I love this.
1: <laughs> it's the, it's the, the, the thing on the back of their medical tricorder.
0: I know that, but, like, okay, look, it's, it's a pen light. Okay, let's be real. It's a pen light. And we just stick it, like, on, like, the stick little... Stick it on their badge. On, like, the half-dollar-looking...
1: Yeah, like, outside of the spacesuit. That's right.
0: <laughs> it's great. It's great. Which I think is really smart, by the way. I do think it's smart that we have, like, these, like, medical property thingies, you know, like, that are built into, like, the EV suits that, like, we can switch a mode, we can press a button, and we can do a thing if we need to. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I, I really like that. I think that's really neat. Yeah, it was uh, a
2: cool detail.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was that was really neat. Uh, well, I
2: mean, even then, that there was also like more button pushing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like you know how we never really focused too much on the consoles, but like number one sitting there and like she actually presses a button to, you know, oh here's another view and we're like touching more stuff and we're like really close. It's like ooh, what are they touching? We're gonna galaxy quest this now. You know, this would be sweet. Let's do it. Well, all of that stuff is added in post production, so
1: no, it's like,
0: eh. hold on. In in, in
1: in 90s track it was
0: timeout. Not this though. Like the actors, they actually like if they actually touch something, the screen would actually change. So like they were actually taught, like they they went to like Star Trek school on how to, like fly a ship and like how to, you know, run a console. So it it was kind of cool. Like like they did that for um, the stargazer scenes in Picard, and they did that again for. Uh, for Strange New Worlds which I thought was kind of cool I have no idea if they did it for Discovery or not too but I, I know for a fact it was um, Picard and Strange New Worlds which it's a, it's a fun little detail to to add in there like that your actors actually get to like respond to like what's actually going on in the world that we the audience are getting to experience so it adds that realness which I think has been lacking question mark I don't know yeah.
1: Anyway, when Kirk steps on this thing, it basically the shields go back up and we can't beam more people out of there and uh, Pike's like again, options. What can I do? How do we how do we get people out of there? And it's the helmsman who comes up with this idea of like phaser harmonics. We can somehow disrupt the shields. it's like, all right, let's do it. Make it happen. Figure it out. And they're about ready to shoot the shoot the phasers or whatever and Boom! Another ship shows up.
0: The shepherds. The shepherds. That's, is that really? really what they're called? Like, really? That's the best we can do. Well, oh,
2: <laughs> more like <laughs> zealots. Yeah, <laughs> it's their it's their zealot name chase.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like well when I first saw it, I was like, what are the Vulcans doing here? Like, that just that ship like design?
1: Look. I didn't think they looked like a Vulcan ship at all.
0: With, like, the little circle thing and, like, the little little pin, like, going through it. Like, you didn't think that was Vulcan at all?
2: No. I'm, my thought was, where the heck did that come from so quickly? <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, they are faster. Somehow we established that they're faster. So, there you
0: go. There we go.
2: There we go. Which, by the way, so in, in a lot of iterations... When we do scans, like the other people know, did the shepherds not know that a scan was running on their ship? I just, I don't know. I just thought of that when I was watching. It's like, wait a minute, they're scanning that ship. Did they not notice that at all?
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't
2: care. Sure,
0: scan us, bro.
2: We have nothing to hide. We're just shepherds.
0: We're, we're, we're out here. We're looking after our, after uh, you know, this comet, otherwise known as Mahanit. It's the arbiter of like life in. The Man, when I heard arbiter, look. When yeah, I heard arbiter, Halo, right? yeah, I was thinking of like the really tall covenant alien in Halo 2. You know what I'm saying? That's all I was thinking about. I mean, I just thought of the arbiter of succession, but whatever. Yeah, it's fine.
2: Staying in one universe, guys. We do what we want. <laughs> yeah, but like,
0: like this,
1: this the shepherds. They follow different arbiters, and like, this right. you get that. idea this is one of them, and there's other shepherds following other arbiters, and they've been doing this since before your sun even gave out its first ray. And we don't know why we're doing this. It was passed down to us for so long. Like, damn, you've been doing this for like 200 million years.
2: I I actually really enjoyed the thought of this for some reason. yeah it, it, it's somewhat I don't know I, I don't want to get all like weird about it, but it was almost somewhat peaceful to think about in a way that yeah I mean whatever happens happens, man this 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 rock flying through space can seed life or can take life away. It's like wow, that's a really heavy thing to think about. I mean, the conscience. There's got to be somebody on these ships. You know, one of these shepherds just like loses his ever-loving mind one time if it just destroys a planet or something. It's like, wait, wait. Oh, all, all of them died. Right, take him away. Take him away. Throw him. You know, just throw them somewhere. He's <laughs> okay, just, just sorry, get out of here.
1: Sorry, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no, it was it was it was very interesting. I mean, we we didn't really learn a a ton about it but it it almost seemed like you know here is another form of life and how how did that even get started you know mm-hmm. that's fascinating to me mm-hmm. that is the definition of fascinating
0: <laughs> am, am i the only one that was thinking you know before before we got the like the reveal like about like how the 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 shepherds and the the enterprise crew like that development before before we saw like the payout of that um, near the end, was anyone thinking like, man, these would be like, well, this, this would be like a really good foil for Pike's Enterprise, like these Shepherds.
2: No. I think it'd be I think it's better as a one off
0: personally. Well, that was I mean I'm just saying like before like as I'm like watching like like the first or second kind of interaction with Pike and the and the Shepherds, I'm thinking, man, like I'd like to see these folks like pop up every now and again, like and just, you know, be like the Souleban were with Archer, you know, the, the uh what the, the Borg and the Ferengi were supposed to be with you know with Picard and the the Klingons with Kirk, you know. I don't know. I'm just trying to, I don't know. I don't know. That was just me. But um Yeah, so we have like this science and faith kind of thing going back and forth um, up on up on the deck um, with like don't touch it well we can't ignore it because there's people's lives in, in danger. Yeah, but this arbiter thing this the, like Mahani it's not a comet it's not what you think it is. it's a giver of life it's also a taker of it as well and it whatever it wills it wills. So don't mess with it type of thing and I, I was like, I was kind of digging it. I was like, this is, this is, I think what Star Trek is supposed to be doing. Actually, getting us to think about stuff like, like it's almost like two sides of the same coin in a way, which is very refreshing to be having this conversation in this show again, for like the first time in a long time, by the way. Um, but yeah, like you, you see the tension, like it, it, they. I, 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 I loved the the interactions like there was like a little bit of an awkwardness between the captain of the shepherd ship ship and and Pike but I, I was digging it like I was picking up what they were laying down like it was just really good and then we're like the, the crew like the the away team sorry like down on the comet down on Mahani they're they're trapped because like the shields went up like oh shoot we, we pressed a button and shields are back up and we are stranded we can't beam out we can't Communicate with the Enterprise, so we gotta figure stuff out. And oh my gosh, guys loved the heck out of this. Like I was like watching it, and like I get out, I get in my chair, I'm like scooting the edge of my chair, and I'm like, what are you gonna do? Ooh, here we go. Hold on,
1: hold on, I know, I know. I imagine Chase was sitting there watching this. The same way, like, a month or so ago, I was sitting there watching Discovery, like, ooh, ooh, we're using math. We're talking <laughs> to the species with math. <laughs> and I imagine Chase
0: is doing the same thing here. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, whenever they were start, starting to talk about, like, major chords and, like, perfect fifths and all this stuff, I'm like, okay, I see you, Star Trek. We're doing some music theory. Okay, I see you. I see you. So, um, then, I like, don't know. How,
1: math is just harmonic sound waves, right? You know, yeah. a wave is a wave is a wave is a wave, right? It's mm-hmm. all it's all the same. So, it makes sense that, you know, you could use sound or music as a form of communication.
0: You know what I was thinking? Because, like, this was filmed uh, about a year ago, guys. Um, thereabouts. Um, a little over a year ago, probably. And I was thinking, like... I wonder if it was like, hey, strange new worlds, they're doing this thing. Why don't we do something like that too, discovery? Let's 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 do this. Like I was getting like some major 10 C vibes with this whole thing by the way.
1: So they filmed this episode before they filmed that episode? I think they
0: did. That's that's my that's my guess. That's my guess. But look, whenever they were like, whenever she started like humming, when, when, when Cadet Ahura was just like humming stuff, like she was humming her, um, um, the folk song, I think that she, that she was like alluding to earlier and like stuff started lighting up. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The, the, vi-
2: the visual was really, I mean, it was actually really, really cool. It was The, the, the reaction blue. of this, you know, this comet to the the resonance of her voice and everything was that was actually really, really cool to see. The only like you know really like immature thought that popped in my head is like. So like is like Spock gonna like whip out a loot or something like that? We gonna get a little <laughs> little sing song along, maybe a little little bit of a you know, a little bit of a knee slap and dance, you know, going on here, just a la original series. Be my
1: my reaction was when when uh Uhura's like she's like, match my match my pitch, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and the and security officers sitting over there's like I am gonna break it. I'm out I was like that that was me, I'm like I, I, no, no, no I'm, You guys
2: handle this I'm out <laughs> To be honest though I actually really I thought it would have been a really cool step If they did have her add on And do a three part harmony You know, cause like they talk about chords You know, yes. there are a lot of different chords that, You know They're effectively strumming You know, a, a, a two chord, you know what I mean So it's like eh, Maybe put a little three chord in there It'll be It'll be fun Right, but and I like thought it, I thought that would have been kind of like a cool step up moment sort of deal.
0: Yeah, and like even when they're talking about like a perfect fifth or whatever, um, like a perfect fifth, you're talking about um, I think it's like seven. So like a perfect fifth is like you have seven half steps between um, uh, like a particular note, like going from like a, like a C to I think it's like an F or a G uh, would be considered a perfect fifth, for example. So if you're um, this is like a really basic uh, music theory kind of thing, but um, even if you were to, if you if you were to have like a perfect fifth, and, you, and you're talking about like these harmonies that like, hey, match my pitch or harmonize with me, like you're you're dealing with an octave. So even if like I'm up here and Spock's down here, like you can effectively be um, on, like you can be hitting, like you can like the pitch is going to effectively be the same thing. So there can be harmony, even if it doesn't sound like it. So whether Uhura is higher in a higher range and Spock is in a much lower range. And if we were to like, just guess like that, maybe, um, La'an is like somewhere like in the middle, maybe she's like an alto where it's not going to be as high as like Uhura would be. But like David's saying like that, that harmony, that like kind of chord, it wouldn't be a tritone. Tritones are bad. Don't don't do tritones. Tritones have too much dissonance. You don't want to deal with a tritone. Um, tritones are bad. Tritones are actually considered the devil's music, the devil's note, um, in some circles. Yes, but. bring on the devil's there chord. There um, But it would have been cool. It would have been cool. So like yeah, when you're dealing with like perfect fifths, you're talking about like um, you're dealing like with octaves in the grand scheme scheme of things. But like yeah, like frequencies, pitches, harmon- harmonization, all that stuff. Like I was just eating that up eaten that up and just how everything just like builds upon each other and you're seeing the reaction in the room and if I can just continue nerding out for a second like that's what my research is all about right like that I'm pursuing and just like how your brain lights up and like what's activating in your brain whenever you're exposed to music and like what responses that brings and I'm just thinking like yeah like this this um, arbiter this the Mahani, the comet the whatever the structure it's responding to some kind of music it it, it doesn't matter what the music is it's just responding and it's understanding and that is what music is about like it puts words it somehow puts words to things that have no words and I was just loving this on so many different levels couple things
2: Eric apparently Chase doesn't like rock and roll that's what I took from that so anyway (laughs) I like
1: the dissonance
2: (laughs) but but, uh, just one and just a uh, tiny tiny any little itty-bitty nitpicky thing here. Um, so I, I think that this is largely, you know, could be explained away by perhaps some sort of intelligence at work here more so than anything else. But the one thing that was interesting with Discovery once we finally got to doing science in and, and Eric's giant math episode... Was that you had to be very specific, and there was, you know, there was a bridge language between the Ten C and then the Discovery crew that they kind of came together on through, you know, math. Whereas in a lot of ways, music can also be very mathematical in itself. So simply doing this sort of octave, you know, sort of sung thing here is great. But how do you know what that means in parallel to what this comet could pre- presumably take it as? Because uh, effectively what they what they effected with their song was to take the shields down, right? Mm-hmm. But it seemed more like they just got the attention of the ship and it's like, oh, okay, so I automatically now know basic English here because they said, well, how do we take down the shield? Oh, yeah, shields are down. So the only thing is, the only thing that would have made it far more nerdy <laughs> is if they actually explained how that one particular progression related to our comet. That's, o- that's the only thing, but I think the episode was already so jam-packed that might
0: have been a little bit too rabbit-holey, perhaps. Sure. sure. And, like, there's a whole separate, like, study of like music and music composition that has to do like with program music like basically like music that we we associate with like certain moods certain um responses certain things like that and like just like um like for instance if we hear like a flute being played right like we think of like some kind of like lightheartedness or if we think of like some uh if we hear of like um like a clarinet being played. Like I'm thinking of like Peter and the Wolf, if anyone's ever seen that play, um, you have like music instruments that, musical instruments that represent different characters and character personalities, so to speak. And like the clarinet is typically like more of like the, um, kind of aloof, kind of, um, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't know, questioning in a way. So like they're like, If we could have like, you know, had like, like, like you're saying, David, like you're kind of suggesting if we had like a frequency that we could like really tap into, like explain it like with a particular frequency, a particular pitch, a particular chord in this case. Um, Yeah, I think that would have been fun. But like when you have like, we're actually dealing with time limits in terms of a show. I really hope it does continue in the 54 minute range because that's really what it was with like original series. I would love to kind of see that trend keep going um, I mean it's it's streaming so who cares like we ha- we can do whatever we want in streaming land so anyway I was I was just loving the heck out of this whole thing and like just seeing like Uhura like got it like she's like picking up on language like, music is another language it's a very complex language and um, like how she's able to kind of just start deciphering things like the egg is like cracking and things are happening and yay but like
1: you know, Hosh- Hoshi does the same thing. There's an episode mm-hmm. in I yeah. think it's in season one where there's like a like a <clears throat> like a stringy web type alien thing that like takes over the cargo hold and she plays like like a musical tone she plays like music and then she like disrupts tones in it to like communicate with it. So like they were using music in a sense there and so mm-hmm. like there's kind of a similar idea.
0: Yeah. Fun story, um, by the way. Did you know that there is um, there's actually a, a musical composition to communicate death, like death and gloom and terror. It's actually called uh, there's a word or a term for it called Dies and you hear it more often than you think. Um, so it's it comes from like old monks like back in like the Middle Ages and stuff, um, but DS E-Ray, like, you hear it pr- pr- um, predominantly in, like, the Haunted Mansion. Like, do, And then you hear it, like, kind of broken up and slowed down, even whenever you go to, like, Isengard in the Lord of the Rings movies. Da-da-da, da it, like, it, It's just, it's DS e just slowed down, so representations of death so like i was trying to keep an ear out for it i didn't hear it but it'd be fun if like this music thing somehow comes back it won't because it's not serialized but just something just like a fun fact for our listeners out there just a little fun piece of party knowledge i guess we can keep going though so anyway we get the shields down beam them back
1: beam them back and then red alert because we've been warned by the shepherds that like You've desecrated Mahanit, and that will be a tomb for all of your people. They're, they're not getting off. And so firefight starts to ensue, right, between the two ships. And um, uh, then what happens? A firefight starts to happen, and it's like, we've got to, we still have to stop this comet. Like, we're not just going to let this comet. And Spock's like, what if we don't actually do anything to alter the course? But what if it moves on its own? And I think I think Pike then does. He's like, he's like, we'll fly the ship into the tail of the comet because they'll stop shooting at us because they don't want to hit the comet.
0: Right. And, and Ortegas, that's a pretty good idea. Hey, Ortegas, you wanna you wanna prove your reputation of being the 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 best pilot out of Starfleet, Starfleet Academy? Yeah. And that, that was just fun. Like, okay. Then she's Computer. like. Activate they, Ortega's yeah. Gamma One or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. evasive like, pattern. Ortega's Gamma One. <laughs> Wait, what? You got, you got you got your own thing in here? How do I know about this? This is great. That was great. She just needs to tweak it a little bit. They still took a couple hits, you know. I'm just saying. He needs to run more simulations. Apparently, just a few, just, just a fine. handful. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're we're flying around <sighs> like we're. We're going into the asteroid field. Um, of like sorts. A comet's it's,
1: tail. Yeah,
0: it's a comet's tail. I know, I know. Um, yeah, we got like a few hits, but yeah, like the sh- the stops. It does not begin. It stops. And um, I love I love the fact that like Pike, is was like, okay, everyone, just turn everything off. Turn the lights off. Turn everything off. Turn it off. Stop it. Just power everything down, but life support. Oh. We're dead in the water. Help us, man, please. Cause if you shoot us, you're gonna blow us up, which is going to destroy Mahanit. And just like that was like just so sly, I loved it. And then of course but he comes out with the
1: trilithium core in our uh, trilithium in our warp core. Like that's like the Corbomite bluff, right? There's no <laughs> trilithium. Trilithium is the thing that Sorin used to blow up the suns in the next that's generation right. or in yeah, generations
0: right. yeah yep and then you know and then you know Spock he's chilling in, in one of those little little shuttle pods right just waiting to detach and then going on a little little cruise through the comet
1: Yep. Try breaking a, stuff off yep and alter its course.
0: You know what I was thinking, like, this whole time? Like, after, like, this happens, like, um, see, we didn't touch it. I was just thinking, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Yeah, but, but yeah. they finally, they the comet changes its course. But as it does, like, water vapor from the comet falls on the planet. And uh, it's going to change the entire ecosystem essentially of this planet because it's basically a desert planet and now there's going to be rain and they're going to be able to farm and do all kinds of other things which will
0: will bring more life to the planet i have a question and this might be a dumb question but i'm going to ask anyway even though the prime directive is kind of a thing but it's not a thing Did they interfere with the natural evolution of the society by getting involved with Mahanit that broke off the ice thing that changed the agricultural landscape and the development of that planet? Well, I mean,
1: apparently no, because Mahanit was going to change and alter course on its own the same way the shepherd said it would, right? If it wants to change course, it will. If it doesn't, it won't, right? You know, but... Mahaneet, it's the arbiter of life. It will decide who lives and who dies. And that was the whole point I think it was trying to make is that this little chunk that broke off, like, they had gotten, like, a code signal that that chunk was going to break off, like, before Spock even flew through there. So do you believe that they actually altered the course of this comet, or do you believe that the comet changed course on itself? I think that's the question that the episode is trying to get us to ask, and it's that, you know, science versus faith.
0: I think it could be, I mean, personally, I think it can be a little bit of both. You know, I don't think that you have to divorce science from faith by any means. Of course not,
1: and D-Space Nine.
2: Let's you together very well.
0: Very well, yeah. Very well.
2: Yeah, well, it's the cosmic circle of life. <laughs> it, 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 I think that um, I think that there are attempts in science fiction to quote chase divorce the science and the faith of things. And I think that this was sort of some of the the peace I had with this in that it kind of, it blended the two together because one without the other, I think, uh, has a very different outcome. But for my own little tiny peek in the belief system, it gave the crew a choice because they didn't have to intervene. But they did, because that's how they're built, mm-hmm. because that's what they believe in, because those are the values that they have. And therein, it actually just gets into probability, in a way. Sure. The probability of all of these events coalescing into one moment. And there's there's something, I don't know, not to get too sappy, there's something truly cosmically beautiful about that. Because that happens, that happens in our real lives as well. Sometimes in very small ways that you don't always perceive, but if you look back and are philosophical about it, you can see those connections. And I think that that is the genius of this particular script for me.
0: That's why I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah, we we have like that final thing where and this and this doesn't happen all the time, but I think it happens more often than not when it comes to Star Trek is where we we start off uh, with like this misunderstanding with our, our monster of the week, our, our aliens, you know, that are connected to it. And we, we 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 have like debate, we have conversation, we talk about it, we I mean we it's not always pretty, but like we had every opportunity to leave as enemies. And like be at war with the these zealots, the, the the shepherds, but you know at the end of like their meeting, it's like today we leave as friends, or you know, and or we will or something. not
1: leave like, as adversaries. We will, yeah, we'll
0: not leave as adversaries,
1: because and, you know you've seen the the will of Mahanit or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. But even still, like whether whether Pike and company are buying what they're selling, the fact of the matter is there was like some kind of like meeting in the middle. That really took place, which we don't. We, I personally don't think we've seen um, in in some iterations of, of Trek in in a little while, or, or at least it's, it hasn't happened as frequently as I would like for it to have happened. So that's just me. But um, but yeah, I think you know with this um, and kind of how it how it ends, you know, pretty much with that and like maybe a little bit more, um, like Spot coming in later, I think it was Spock, that um, was like, yeah, this was like kind of foretold, this was kind of like preordained, like the Mahanit knew what was up and you kind of like get into like some kind of like cosmological kind of stuff, like was like, were we needed, were we not needed, was like there an uncaused cause, like you get into like some weird like philosophical stuff, But but it was, it was really cool, really well done and I think it was respectful of, of all people like people on the science side of things and the, the faith side of things in terms of how we can meet in the middle and think about like fate, destiny, the role of faith, the role of science uh, without it being you know bonking us on the head. So I thought it was I thought it was really well done. So any other thoughts, ideas, things that need to be said before we move on to doing our Delta stuff?
1: No. No. Nope.
0: All right. Now that we have talked this episode death, let's let's move into the evaluation portion. So first up is the Delta, uh, where we rate the representation of Starfleet service in this episode based on the different divisions, such as command, as we look at like leadership, leadership theory, leadership decisions, things of that nature, um, as well as uh, operations division, which has to do with like communication uh logistics engineering so on and so forth as well as science which is kind of self-explanatory so um with that let's go with um let's go with our strategic operations officer lieutenant commander david and let's hear what he has to say about the delta
2: deltas um so you know command i i, I still feel is is very much in play we have pike here who is um Allowing his crew to flex their expertise. He is uh, displaying levels of trust that we don't, we really didn't seem to see, or at least my opinion, we didn't really see in Discovery, despite them being a family, in quotations. Um, but I, I really like his leadership style. He is, you know, attempting to be... Inclusive to build relationships with his crew here, to bring them together in a way um, that, you know, just in recent memory just really hasn't exactly been the case, again, just for me. But um, I, I think getting back to this style of, of going around the room, finding the best solution, and then making the decision, execute, do it. Uh, I think is really important. And then on a sub-note with Spock uh, and his handling of Uhura throughout this episode, I thought was also really good because you have a person at this point who hasn't gone through his kind of Kirk years and, you know, the cowboy years and and kind of learning how to be more human uh, even if he was sort of pushed into trying to become more more, or at least uh, acknowledge his more human side. But he displays a level of understanding here, which, again, that was my only thing. It's like, I'm not quite sure if Spock would have been here at this exact point, but I'm, I'm kind of glad he is in a way, you know? Um, so I think Spock displayed a lot of leadership qualities. And then back to what Eric said about, you know, Singh kind of uh, stepping it up, uh, sort of um, like I'm in command. Spock kind of comes behind and is just like, okay, sure, but like you know let's keep the confidence let's do your thing let's let's continue on so I, I really appreciate that um, so 100% Delta there I'm good with that as far as um, you know the science aspect we are you know coming up with salu- I, I I kind of I kind of in a way think that the, the science part in this, at least for me, you know, we have we have interesting medical, which is, you know, scientific in a way. So we have that kind of aspect of it with the with the suits. I know that's very minor, but it's there. Um, I I think I, I think the exploration of the musical language here sort of also fallout, falls into the science umbrella, which I thought was was well done despite having my little tiny nitpick there. Also displaying Uhura at a, at a, at a high level, which I, I, I like. So I'm fine with the Science Delta as well. Now, I, I actually think more so the, the operations aspect of this is kind of where I kick in a little bit more because I remember last week, all I could think about was like figuring out the transporter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. overcoming the transporter. Where in this, we have the go-around and I'm coming up with practical solutions to the problem. Hey, we need ion engines, we need four ion engines to affect the trajectory. Uh, we are going to uh, lace them onto, uh, proton, onto our, tur- uh, our torpedoes and that's how we're gonna do it, it'll take an hour. Oh, well that's funny because uh, you know that's my job, uh, you know, as Eric quotes Mr. Grumpy. Um, so I-, I think that aspect of it was really neat. Uh, the programming of uh, Ortega's uh, maneuver here, um, you know, going through that aspect of things, and actually, I, I do, I do want to point out just a little bit. I really enjoyed kind of the movement of the ships here, because in a lot of a lot of ways, sometimes we didn't always see a lot of like ship maneuvers, especially in the older generations of Trek. It was like ooh, it flipped over, and it flipped back over again. It did a barrel roll in space, and that's basically it. <laughs> um, we didn't really show the maneuvers, but I felt in this in this particular uh, episode, we kind of displayed that a little bit more. Um, so, j- just with some of those points in mind, I would say full sweep deltas for me.
0: Okay. Let's go to our chief science officer, slash number one, Lieutenant Commander Eric.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think David said it all there. Like, Pike Pike is very refreshing here. It's like just when you see a captain in the center seat, like it is amazing what that can do for your show. When you see a, a captain who he is in charge and he's got his style and he's he's going around the room. All right, tell me. Like ideas, ideas, ideas. All right, we're doing that one. Make it so. Get it done. But then also like Pike the Diplomat, I thought he was a re- did really well in diplomacy here like like are you a reasonable man yeah i like to think so And hey let's let's figure this out let's let's work together let's come up with some kind of way that we can both see through this so you know i thought he did very well as a diplomat as well throughout all of his interactions with the captain of of the the shepherds um and then yeah like i wasn't sure david was gonna go there but with like, I thought Spock did fantastic in his leadership. Like, just, like, giving the type of encouragement that you know a young cadet needs. Like, even if he actually didn't believe in her, he made her think that he was fully had full belief in her. And he, I mean, he was like, this is your first time in a life or death situation. You have to throw hypotheticals out. Like, you're here right now, and we need you and we believe in you you this is yeah. what you've trained for let's let's do this and that was exactly like what she needed to hear i thought it was it was a really good um command is like is, is fantastic um and then, yeah, I think all the rest of it, I think I would just be repeating what David said with, with the science and the, and the engineering. You know, like, let's, hey, yeah, let's make the engines, let's, let's make the torpedoes, let's get our chief engineer. Like, I'd like to see our chief engineer do something more than just be Mr. Grumpy Pants. Like, hopefully <laughs> hopefully he will, and we'll have an engineering, he'll, he'll, we'll get a, a Hammer-centric episode, and uh, he'll engineer the heck out of some situation like Jordy might have and we'll be good. So I'm I'm good with a clean sweep across cl- clean sweep across the board as well. Very good.
0: Very good. Yeah. There man, it has been like this week and last week. I think I said at the top of the episode. This has been such a breath of fresh air with just these two episodes and just I don't know just pike man like like I, 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 I I'm actually starting to like care about each of these each of these these folks like yeah we've like we've had like glimmers of them and stuff but um, like it, it would be dumb not to say like that all areas of, of Starfleet were, were on display very well very effectively throughout this this particular story and um yeah like the fact that we have uhura who's like operations division you know she's wearing the red like doing like some sciency things which is like normal because like you're doing science in starfleet for pete's sake um but like she's she's combining like the operations with the science which i thought was like a, a cool flex too so um so yeah clean sweep straight across the board all deltas uh, proudly being displayed so let's go into our numerical ratings uh, for the show Uh, so on a scale of 1 to 10 1 being a dumpster fire 10 being absolutely perfection amazing the great bird of the galaxy himself would be proud of let's go in reverse order this time let's go with um, Lieutenant Commander Eric
1: yeah I mean I think this is a really really strong episode um Again, I'm just, I'm hesitating to be, like, over the moon about some of these things. Like, because, I, 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 it's good, but, like, I'm seeing so many people just out there, like, 10 out of 10, perfect, 10 out of 10, perfect. And I think all of those things are just overreactions. Not that this is not really good. I think people are just, the bar has been set very low recently. Like, let's be honest, like... The bar has been set low recently, and so when we see something that's, like, good, we're like, oh, my God, this is amazing, <laughs> and and so I want to I, I temper expectations, because if I'm out here, like, well, this is a 9.5, and, like, next episode is better, I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I remember back, I was listening to David's podcast during, like, the Mandalorian season two and he was like this is the best episode of the Mandalorian so far and then the next week he was like no this is the best episode of the Mandalorian so far (laughs) 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 and he's like well I gave last one like a 9.8 but this one's better (laughs) like I don't want to be in that situation um no, it's 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 really good. I love the self-contained story. I love focusing on not just the captain. You know, I I like how we're we're ex- we're asking big questions, right? This is we're asking a big question here. Like did we move this comet or did it have some kind of intelligence on its own? Did it move? Like and there's no answer. And there aren't always going to be answers, but that's like the whole point of science fiction is to ask those questions um the only thing that's gonna like bring this down for me is like the comet on a collision course for a planet that we somehow have to deflect is like so overused it's such an overused concept in science fiction that like when i heard that this was the premise for the episode i'm like Again, we're going to do that again. <laughs> like that to, to me that's the only thing like holding this episode down really. Um I but I enjoyed the mess out of it. I really did. Um I think I'm just going to give it slightly better than last week's episode. And I'm going to give it an 8.7.
0: David?
2: Okay. Um, so this was the best Star Trek episode since last... <laughs> la- since last... <laughs> oh, it was funny, Eric. I, I do totally remember that, too. Um, it I is remember, important.
0: I, I remember your brother like being in a worse position than you were yeah. <laughs> with that.
2: <laughs> he can be a little bit more flippant with some of his, his ratings than I am. Um, so... It finally feels like we're, even despite my, my shell-shock on this, it feels like we are kind of getting back to to something closely resembling the Star Trek that, I, that I've watched and that I want to see, and it's, it's just, it's so refreshing. It's, it's, you know, a lot of these points are like, we, we've said it a thousand times it seems like so far, but it's nice to have somebody who's truly in command. It's nice to actually get characters that I care about, or at least in be, you know, starting to care about, learning about, um, you know, d- dimensions in characters. Because like, there's 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 just nothing worse than having a one-dimensional character that you're just thrust upon and say, hey, love them. That's that in in prior years would have gotten a pilot canceled. You know what I mean? And now we, we sometimes we roll with it a little bit. But anyway. Um you are technically right Eric uh the 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 premise was a little bit used I actually thought back to the um all the episode in Next Gen where where data becomes like an Aztec god
0: uh they they, yeah, they ha- yeah.
2: find that pyramid in space or whatever you know, that was an yeah, asteroid like
1: masks I think is what that one's
2: called Yeah 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 there we go So um That was immediately what I thought but there is so much reusing you know and and again like I hate to nitpick but that it's a little nitpicky it drops it a little bit for me just solely because I I, as much as I I love where we're going and our characters so far I would love also to just see new adventures just things that I have never ever heard of before and and you know let's just come up with some new cool stuff it's like I'm pretty sure we can do it I, I hope we can do it Um, but I like, I like what we're doing like a lot and I was very captivated by the show. Um, it didn't seem long or short. It seemed just right. The pacing was, was pretty fantastic. Um, and I, you know, I like that we don't have plots on top of plots on top of plots. You know, I, I like kind of having a little bit more simpler throughput, you know, sort of uh, main main line and supporting lines and everything, so it's it's not just like a mashup where we're trying to go in too many different directions. Um, now, uh, uh, just see you put that there. So, eight point eight on the last episode, um, and I also want to, also want to temper temper this a little bit too because I don't want to get like like boxed into a corner. Um, so, last week was an eight point eight. I I I want to go slightly higher though because I I think I enjoyed this more than last week. Um so just to just to remain not not insane. I'm just going to give this a nice a nice
0: 8.9. Okay. Now I feel like I have to temper the rating that I came in with because of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I could just say captain's prerogative, and that that be the end of it, you know. Um, man, y'all know I, y'all know I got a, a nice warm spot uh, in my heart. Like I got the warm and fuzzies, you know. Whenever we get to have like some music stuff like on display, man, you know it. Like, we are we are we refreshed because this is good Star Trek, or are we refreshed because we have been without water for so long? Y'all get what I'm saying?
2: Are you calling us thirsty, Chase? Yes, I am. No, I know exactly what
1: you're saying, Chase, and that's the point that I'm trying to make, too. Yeah.
0: I think that maybe it's the latter more than it is the former. Um, that being said this is its own show Um, and I guess like the other thing that I'm going to ask is are we responding more positively to this because this is the Trek we want versus the Trek that other people want as well you know like are we biased towards This type of storytelling, yeah, probably because we grew up, for the most part, with this kind of storytelling. Um, I just I loved how everyone just interacted with everyone, and um, like how how everything just played out. Like the fact that we got like some centric, we got like some centrical uh, centric stuff with um, Uhura. We had some really good away team stuff. We had Pike and um, like Pike diplomacy Pike leadership going on um, with some like gentle like re- revisits to like like the, the burden that's on him which is his future and will it won't it happen um, do we have control over our, our fate, over our destiny um, and again music for crying out loud so as much as this really pains me to do. I will temper my rating for you guys. I will do it. Um, I'm definitely gonna be higher than y'all. And this is what I'm gonna give it. I was, I was like this close. I was this close, by the way, to giving this like a 9.75. I will not do that. Oh boy. i want to give this a 9.25. So that gives, so um, based on our, our three ratings, that gives a, um, this episode an overall rating of an 8.95. So there we go. How do we do on um, IMDB with this one, by the way? Were we close? Or uh,
1: yeah, last, well, I looked before we started, and it was like uh,
0: 8.4, I think. Okay. So, yeah, we're, we're higher. We're higher. That's fine. That's fine. So yeah, there we go. 8.95. So 8.7 from yeah. Eric, 8.9 from David, and a 9 and a quarter from myself. So yeah, we'll we'll see. This is like one episode that I can definitely see myself watching multiple times. Multiple yeah. times. And this is going to sound kind of weird coming from the host of a freaking Star Trek podcast, but there's something about this show that really makes me want to rewatch TOS like this just gives me like a new fresh appreciation for original series should already uh,
1: want to watch the original series look I know (laughs) look yes
0: you're right but I'm just saying like this gives me a newer like a refresh anyway
1: no I I understand what you're
0: saying I don't have to explain myself Twitter poll time (laughs) Eric wants the Twitter poll (laughs) All right, everyone, let's go to the most important part of the show, and that is, of course, the Twitter poll. So, guys, you know me. I love a good Twitter poll, and this is what I asked the people of Twitterland, the Twitterverse, uh, this time. So if you were to prepare a meal for Captain Pike and the crew of the Enterprise, what would be the main course? Your options are grilled salmon, gach, Gespar? gumbo.
1: Why would Captain Pike want (laughs) gok?
0: Just saying.
1: So grilled salmon, gumbo, gas bar or gok? Are we going with the G theme here?
0: Apparently, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Pike is a salmon would be a fish guy. I don't know, okay. if something about that it makes me think he would be a fish guy okay. more so than a gum. Although he is a traveler. He is like yeah, you man. know I was with I was with uh, Dr. Mbenga in Nigeria. I went to Kenya. Like he is a world traveler, mm-hmm. right? Not just mm-hmm. a galaxy traveler, but like a world traveler too. That's right. Um
2: but yeah, I feel like he's a fish guy. Going okay. with the the fish. It's apropos that his last name is Pike, which is a fish. <laughs> there you, you go. I
1: thought it was the name of a syndicate.
2: Well, it is as well. <laughs> oh, shoot. Don't cross the streams, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. with a Y, also, uh, though, right? Also going with salmon. Makes the most sense.
0: Okay. All right. So we're, we're locking it in with salmon on this one. All right. So let's go to the results. So coming in at, in last place, with 7.1% of the vote. Looking at Gaspar, the Vulcan dish, Gaspar. It's a red fruit that um, is best served for, with breakfast, or it's a breakfast main dish with Vulcans. Okay, coming in in third place, with 14.3% of the vote, we have Gah. All right, so it comes down. Gross looks gross. <laughs> <laughs> Comes down to now grilled salmon or gumbo. Here we go. The runner up, second place with 28.6% of the vote. Man, there's one particular person that's going to be really disappointed in this result. Gumbo. Captain Cisco would be so upset at that result. Just saying. So that means fifty percent of the vote. So overwhelmingly it went to grilled salmon.
1: Nice. Back on my winning streak. Started there go. started anew. <laughs> <laughs> no incidents
0: one. in one week. <laughs> all right, all right. Well we'll have we'll have more Twitter polls to um, you know, help Eric get his his streak back. Um, anyway, what y'all thi- all y'all in Listenerland think of this? Um, did you enjoy the the bookends of the logs? You know, the cadet log in the beginning and the captain's log at the end. Did you? Uh, how would you rate this show? Did you give it a perfect ten? Like I wanted to, but didn't. Um, I mean, how are you? How are you experiencing strange new worlds for crying out loud? We'd love to hear that. Check us out TRTVPod.com You can also learn more about us there. We're on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. Uh, If you do want to get in contact with us, send us a note. Um, You can open up handling frequencies and enter in coordinates to TRTVPod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. There is a three-minute limit before the Shepherds come after us and tell us to get off their lawn, basically. So please, 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 please help us out and be quick about it. Uh, Finally, if you do want to mail us something, you know, like Captain Pike's ribs recipe. I would love to get that so I can use that the next party that I host. Uh, make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.